Welcome to Live on Liberty. We have a very special guest, as always, round three with Dr. E. Michael Jones of CultureWars.com and Fidelity Press. Dr. E. Michael Jones, great to see you as always. Thank you. Well, it's good to have you back. Um, obviously, there's a lot of craziness going on right now where they're uh, calling for more censorship. You're probably the most censored person uh, I've ever seen on YouTube. Would you agree with that statement? Thank you. It's a, it's a great honor uh, for you to say that to me. I, yeah, I, I've there's one, I, I, yes, I, I think uh, that may be true. That may be true. I, I take pride in the fact. Uh, but, you know, thank you for saying it. Well, I think it's I, I do think it's true because I remember our first interview before any of this was big and uh, it went up on your channel. It got a ton of views and maybe your channel was wiped out in a week. And that was almost two years ago. We were warning people about this. And now it's it's here, like almost all of us are going out one by one by one. So I'm glad right. anytime to have you back on. And I, I genuinely yes. appreciate it. Um, yeah, we, we got up to 50,000 viewers. Uh, an alarm went off at the ADL at that point, and then they they go ahead and try and uh, deplatform you because uh, let's face it now they don't have anything to say they can't count they can't contradict they can't counteract they can't interact they can't converse all they can do is ban you okay and it's getting worse yeah. it's getting worse it is and we tried to warn people I mean I think you were the first one that really tipped me off to it happening and and then it did and now it's all filled with fluff and atheist channels and nonstop just nonsense like ramblings and and uh, probably some of the most degenerate content you'll see out there and so I'm glad to always have you back because it's like sanity to me so I appreciate it glad to be here well, speaking of the ADL, this is what they recently had to say. I wanted to start here. I want to get into Ukraine tonight. I want to get into a lot of different subjects as much as we have time for. But the ADL specifically said this when I was looking up the show tonight. Uh, the ADL just put out E. Michael Jones. They didn't even say doctor. How dare them? Uh, e. Michael Jones, a longtime anti-Semitic Catholic writer. Not even They don't even put professor in there. Also promoted the conspiracy theory of a Jewish financial control. Wait a second. Uh, Jewish financial control, among others, in a video posted to his BitChute channel on March 1st, 2022, discussing the Ukraine crisis, Jones used tropes of Jewish power, financial control, and he claimed Jews used the Holocaust narrative to, quote, do whatever they want. He said, quote, there's a category of reality out there called the Jew. They have enormous power and basically they can do whatever they want. And they've been doing whatever they want through the sanctioned office of the United States Treasury. And then they go on to say your video is viewed 6,000 times and a link to the video was shared on your Twitter page. How dare you do something like that? They post a link. <laughs> they did not post the link. Well, well, wait a minute. Let let the let the people make up their own mind. Why don't you let them watch the show? Maybe you're misquoting me. I don't remember saying a lot of that stuff, but put put the link up. This is why we have this all this technology, right? Yes, and that's why I said, and I hope people share it tonight out because that that I mean, what, what what would your response to that be? They're they're accusing you of saying that there's Jewish financial control and that the Holocaust. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jew, Jews in finance. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. No, this this what what's what's happened over uh, since since we, since this started. Okay, this was uh, the 2019 push. 
the ADL created this term called hate speech, which basically yeah. allowed them to come in and, and, and deplatform anybody they didn't like. You had no, there's no questions asked. If they say you're, they're guilty, you, they accuse you of hate speech, you're guilty. Uh, and that's the end of the story. So you get obliterated. But, you know, the world keeps turning. You know, it's not as if things stay the way they are or the way they were two years ago. And suddenly uh, we're in another news cycle. And the, the the ADL is now caught up in its own in its own story. It's tripping over its own shoelaces now uh, because they're involved in the Ukraine. And the first reaction uh, when people started to say, well, they're they're Nazis in the Ukraine. Uh, everybody's no, that's impossible. Joe Biden tweeted something saying to the effect, this is absolutely impossible because the Ukraine has a Jewish president. So how could there be Nazis there if you have a Jewish president? Well, this is the story. I mean, truth is stranger than fiction, Joe. You know, check it out. Uh, there is uh, a Jewish president. That's right. He was installed as the puppet by uh, Victoria Newland. He wasn't the first Jewish puppet. He's the second Jewish puppet. Okay, uh, when the Victoria Newland had that coup d'etat in 2014, overthrew the government, and then we have a new regime now. Okay, and it turns out that uh, the people that were there at Maidan are the same people uh, that we're talking about now. They were the Nazis. Uh, uh, why, why is it, what do you mean Nazis? Well, just because you have a swastika on your uh, helmet, does that mean? Well, yeah, they are Nazis. It's called the Azov Brigade. They are the descendants of Stefan Bandera, who uh, collaborated, a Ukrainian who collaborated with the uh, SS Einsatzgruppen and killed a lot of Jews and a lot of Poles. And now the Jews are allied with the Nazis who were killing Jews before. Now, this is causing severe cognitive dissonance at the ADL. So after, after initially saying, oh, this can't be true, this is a priori false, they suddenly realized, no, we have to deal with it, we have to deal with the issue. And they, they have this interview with this Jewish professor who says basically, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, they are Nazis, but they're good Nazis. They're uh -huh. good Nazis because they're working for us. Now, it turns out that they have, the Jews have a history of working with Nazis. Ron Unz has done an article, a good article, doing the research here. Back in the 1930s, the, the Nazis and the Jews were like, they were like hand in glove because they both had the same racist ideology, okay? Uh, who's the master race? Well, we can disagree on that. I mean, you know, we got a little bit of disagreement there, but we both believe in race, a form of racism, we both believe that we have superior DNA, and that's all that counts. And secondly, we, we both want to get the Jews out of Europe. The, the, the Zionists want to send them to Israel. You know, the Nazis want to get them out of Germany. So it's like a marriage made in heaven. Uh, this is embarrassing to these people, okay? And th the problem here is that their narrative, their narrative, which is the Holocaust narrative, is falling apart. It's falling apart as we speak, and there's nothing that they can do to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. This is the problem. You got all the money in the world. You got all the control. The Jewish media falls all over itself because you're doing their job for them, and it doesn't make up uh, for the fact that it's not true, that it's falling apart. So just to give you, an, uh, give you an example, okay? Yeah. The last, yeah. the last moral panic, the last news cycle was the Canadian trucker story. Yep. Remember, 
you have you have a long enough memory to remember it was like two weeks ago but anyway yeah they were almost Truckistan. they were Truckistan at that point in time i thought we were going to install a truck dictatorship in canada that's what that's how they framed that's right and so what of course uh this was a severe threat to justin trudeau's image of himself uh because justin trudeau showed his hand completely here uh doesn't represent the people of canada at all uh, he represents Klaus Schwab, who was annoyed. One of the most embarrassing videos I'm sure Justin would like to have it taken down is Klaus Schwab saying, yes, we have one of the very young leaders, and his name is Justin Trudeau. Stop, stop. No, no, it's not doing me any favors. Anyway, but so this is this is who he serves. He hates the Canadian people, especially when they start uh, coming up in trucks. And so how do you deal with this? Well, you get some guy to run there with a Nazi flag. Right. Okay. Oh, well, now I understand it. Now it's perfectly understandable. Truckers are Nazis. Yeah. Well, no, they're not. They're absolutely not Nazis. They're Canadians. And you hate Canadians because uh, they, they, they embarrass you. So then this takes a step further. We have a member of parliament. Parliament's all up and up in an uproar. And this Jewish uh, member of parliament stands up and says, I have rel- I'm Jewish. I have relatives who died in the Holocaust. Okay, that's yep. the end of the story. We can't say anything now. We just have to shut up and listen to what this lady says, no matter how absurd. And she didn't disappoint us because she said something absolutely absurd where she said, and I've been listening to those truckers. They're Nazis. And honk, honk, uh, Israeli means Heil Hitler. That's got to be one yeah. of the dumbest statements in the history of Canada. And that lady said it. So now you understand what's going on? Hong Kong equals Heil Hitler. What are we talking about here? In order to do anything now, you have to drag the Holocaust narrative into the story. That's what you got to do. If you want to shut somebody up, you announce uh, you had relatives who died in the Holocaust. Uh, Hong Kong equals Heil Hitler. And that's the end. No, wait a minute. It's not the end of the story. Okay. It's not the end of the story because the story keeps rolling on here and getting worse and worse for these people. Okay, so Justin, uh, Justin is saved because we're all right. We're going to shift to the Ukraine. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. The finance minister is a Ukrainian. Uh, She has Ukrainian background. Oh, it's it's starting to get bad here. She's connected with the Bandera crowd. Okay, Uh so they are they are Nazis. Okay, so you got a finance minister who's not only connected with the Bandera crowd. It turns out that Justin Trudeau has been training Nazis in Canada. He'd been training the Nazis to go back to the Ukraine and fight in this hopeless battle that they're going to lose uh, 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 with the Russians. What? Now, okay, so go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, why? Thing, there's just why? one more thing. There's one more thing I have to add to that. So this yeah. whole thing, this whole cl- train wreck is a disaster for Trudeau. So you know how the final card they're going to throw down on the table they are now going to make holocaust denial a criminal offense in canada yeah that's crazy in order to shut everyone up now am i now wait a minute i am trying to say here you cannot understand anything unless you understand the holocaust narrative because they drag it in did i drag this in am i a canadian did I stand up and say Hong Kong equals Heil Hitler? They drag it in. They drag the story in, and everything has to have reference to that, and you're not allowed to talk about it. 
Well, no. wait a minute, fellas. Wait, this is not fair. This is not fair. <laughs> Who notices this? You're, 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 you're running on empty now. This thing had, it had its, its beginning. It's like everything that comes into being, it grows and then it dies. And what we're watching here is this dying of its own contradictions right now. So basically, if you disagree with Justin Trudeau and you park your truck in the wrong place, you're a Nazi and we're going to destroy you. But if Justin Trudeau brings Nazis over to Canada and train these are the guys with the swastikas on their helmets. He's training him, sends them back to Ukraine. That's okay. Yeah. And the ADL will defend that. This is ridiculous. It, it, it is ridiculous. So that, I mean, that's why there's a couple of reasons and a couple of things, obviously every year or anytime you want, I want to have you on, but that was, it was, I, I don't understand the Russia thing because one, number one, I'm a, adult i'm not a child don't plug my ears from russian media uh i don't need to not hear it like if we went to war with north korea i don't need to not hear their state media go that kim jong-un can talk to dolphins i i'm a, i can understand what's real and what's not uh but that's what they did they censored an entire country they did do that and we can't watch it there's no way to really find out what's going on you hear reports of what's going on they're very hard to trust uh but i mean what you would think Russia could steamroll Ukraine in three days. Why is this narrative dragged on for 30 plus days? I don't understand. Okay, first of all, because the Russians do not per, uh, prosecute war the way Americans do. Americans have a tradition of basically coming in and attacking the civilian population and basically pummeling, destroying civilian infrastructure for a month before they'll even say we're going to enter the country. The Russians are not doing that, okay? The Russians are not engaging in that. That is a war crime, okay? That is what Serbia was. That is what Iraq was. That is what Syria was supposed to be. Didn't work out that way. That is certainly what Libya was, okay? That's yeah. certainly what Libya was, okay? So that's the way it was what World War II was, to get back to the Holocaust narrative, which is where it began. This is yeah. the saturation bombing that took place in Europe. They're attacking civilians. That's a war crime. Okay, yep. so the Russians are not going to do that. They're coming in. They don't want to uh, destroy the infrastructure and they don't want to destroy, uh, uh, attack the civilian population. So they're basically, they have a strategy of basically encirclement, which uh, is what they're doing. And it takes time. It takes time. And they, are, they, they went in with an enormous uh, t tactical disadvantage. They sent 200,000 men in against a, a force of 600,000 men. Okay, uh, that's a three-to-one uh, 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 three disadvantage. You should have a three-to-one advantage. So they should have sent in 1.8 million. Okay, so in order to do this, they have to be uh, tactically uh, effective. So what they did was they attacked the military. They attacked the military. They basically decapitated the Ukrainian military uh, in the first barrage, the first barrage of missiles and so on and so forth. Then the troops yeah. come in, and then they basically try uh, create cauldrons, what they call cauldrons, which is basically encirclement, which is basically what we call we used to call a siege. Uh, you surround, surround the city, don't let anything in or out, and the people eventually starve to death. That's, that's what just happened at Mariupol. What you see okay. here is the, the, they, this is a crucial city. They had to have that to establish this land uh, bridge connection with, uh, with the Crimea and, and Odessa to link that up. Uh, they um, basically surround the, 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 uh, 
the 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 military force that they want to uh, eliminate. And so there are six anywhere from sixty to a hundred thousand pretty pretty uh, hardened Ukrainian troops there, and now they're encircled in that area of the southeast uh, Donbas. And what you do is you just wait. So waiting is part of the game here. It's not like this. First of all, shock and awe was not shock and awe. You destroyed the infrastructure and you did, you, you didn't, it didn't take place. It didn't happen in two days. You had a month of bombardment. In, in Serbia, you had 78 days of bombardment. Okay, yeah. that's, not what's, that's not what's happening here. They encircled this troop because their goal is denazification. They want mm. to take out this group of people. So suddenly the narrative that Putin is mentioning starts to make sense now because you're, we're going to have to talk about the Nazis here. And what, what, so let's, let's, I mean, let's get, we've heard this term so many times. It's just yeah. like a, the Jews use it all the time. Yeah. But what, what do we mean? What do we mean by Nazis? Uh, these are people uh, that did not, this is, it's this irregular warfare we're talking about a group that is only they were technically or formally incorporated into the Ukrainian military, but they act as basically a guerrilla, a guerrilla operation, irregular warfare, and they are not bound by the rules of law as the Russians are bound. And so as a result, you're dealing with a group of people who are going to commit war crimes. Now, yes. this is this is where it gets complicated because they know. You mentioned the media, the propaganda. Mm. These right. criminals, these criminals, these Nazi criminals know that anytime they kill someone, the Western media will say the Russians did it. Yep. That's exactly what, what is happening. We, ha we found that out. Now there's videos out there, I don't know whether you've seen it, of the woman, the pregnant woman who was in the uh, Mariupol maternity hospital. Covered it for a long time, yep. Okay, so basically she comes out and she says, well, no, it wasn't what it seemed. Okay, first of all, the Russians did not attack the maternity hospital. The first thing that happened was the Azov Brigade showed up and they entrenched themselves in the hospital. They took the food out of the mouths of pregnant women, okay, and set up uh, uh, their headquarters there. And then they got out and fired artillery on the hospital uh, to, in order to stage a false flag operation. And then the really interesting thing that comes out is she's talking about the AP reporter. Now, this is supposed to be a reporter. He's staging this right. damn thing. He's staging yep. it for propaganda purposes for consumption in the West. So she, some, some shell goes off. The glass uh, shatters. She gets glass cuts all over her forehead. She's an actress. She doesn't particularly want to go on screen, uh, on camera, with blood dripping, but that's the whole point of this thing. The AP guy is insisting on, he's directing the whole thing, insisting right. on taking a picture. It gets put out, and it gets blamed on the Russians, and now we know it wasn't the Russians who did it. This is like typical, typical, uh, and, and, and this is a damning, damning indictment of the Western media, of the mainstream media in the West. They have blood on their hands. I, I'm saying literally have blood on their hands because these Nazis know that anytime they kill someone, the Western media will say it was the Russians who did it. And so they have an incentive to commit atrocities. That's what's going on here. Yeah. But well, I mean, Dr. But I, is, go ahead. I, I just want to say Dr. E. Michael Jones is joining us, culturewars.com. Please hit subscribe, join us, go to culturewars.com, check out the books. There's Jewish Revolutionary Spirit. There's low. Logoth Rising is out. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, doctor. I just want people to know who we're on with. No, with no thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. And so what I'm saying here is that that was what happened is that the cauldron closed in on the on the uh, the Nazi Ukrainian forces in Mariupol. They just hmm. tightened as as they they keep pushing them tighter, closer and closer together. Okay, and at this point, the their artillery becomes more the Russian artillery becomes more and more effective because their force is concentrated. It's easier to hit them now. And so they basically ended up now in the Azov Azov uh, Azovstal uh, the steelwork, the steel mill. So okay, so uh, lots, you, lots of Azov. tunnels there. You have the Azov battalion that you brought up and and the real Nazis over there. Is there any truth and validity at all to this uh Kazarian thing that, that everyone's talking about or is that a non non-starter? No, I think this is the big picture. The big okay. picture is uh, uh, basically if there if there is a Jewish homeland, okay, it's not Israel, it's the hmm. Ukraine. It's the Ukraine from the beginning. So we have the the the, the history of the Jews. Uh, the Ashkenazi are are not Semites, okay. The Ashkenazi are the descendants of the the Khazars. Khazaria was their country uh, and it was basically i mean first of all there are no natural borders here okay and so the borders keep moving back and forth but we're talking about eastern ukraine to to over to the the caspian sea around that area that was kazaria at a certain point like the seven i believe it's the eighth century they converted to judaism they had to realize that their religion was obsolete it was either christianity or judaism they chose judaism and that's what they were so the jews basically are not semites they're turkic Turkic race from there. Now that is that has remained constant <clears throat> in terms of the Jews. What hasn't remained constant is the borders or who who rules the place. So uh, at a certain point, you had Poland expanding enormously, enormously to the to the east, uh, including what is what is the Ukraine now, and that included all of the Jews, um, and uh, uh, that became the Paradisus Judaeorum, the Jewish paradise. This is corresponds. So we're talking about the Middle Ages now. Uh, this corresponds to a campaign in the West that began when uh, Raymond of Penaforte, the head of the Dominicans, introduces Nicholas Donan, a rabbi who was converted to Catholicism, to uh, Pope Gregory the Ninth. Donan says to Gregory the Ninth. Do you know what's in the Talmud? And Gregory the Nine says, what's the Talmud? You never heard of this book, this huge book, codification of Jewish lore. So Donan tells him about the blasphemy in the Talmud. And the Pope is appalled. He turns to uh, Gregory, um, to Raymond of Penaforte and says, I, if this is true, first of all, I want you to seize the books of the Jews and I want you to look into them. And if it is true what this man says, I want you to burn them. Now, this was a Dominican order doing this. And then I want you to uh, have your people write some type of work that will convert the Jews. Thomas Aquinas wrote his book, Summa Contra Gentilis, on the orders of Raymond of Penaforte to convert the Jews and the Moors, to convert the Muslims. This campaign was so successful, basically, West Western Europe was Judenrein. I, I don't, I don't get offended at the ADL, you guys, but I mean, that's what it was. There were no Jews left. The Jews in Western Europe either converted to uh, Catholicism or they went to Poland. 
And a lot of them went to Poland, and that became, the, as I said, the Paradisus Juliorum, and then it became the Pale of the Settlement. And then that heats up by the 19th century, because at this point, you have Poland disappears as a country, is partitioned by three empires, and all of the Jews who are on the eastern border of Poland are now on the western border of Russia. Yep. And they're causing problems from the beginning. If you read, don't take my word for it. Read Solzhenitsyn's book, uh, 200 Years Together. Of course, it's not in English. You have to read it in Russian or German. I read it in German. Okay. But basically, we got problems immediately because you have the, the West is right there now. And these Jews, they don't speak Russian. They speak Yiddish. Yiddish is a right. German dialect. Yiddish. So now they are open to all of the subversive ideas out of the German Enlightenment, and they become revo revolutionized. You have two competing ideologies in the pale of the settlement now, Zionism, which is Jewish nationalism, right. and communism or socialism, which is Jewish internationalism. And at this point, the Jewish internationalism gets the upper hand, Marxism, uh, terrorism. They create organizations, uh, not at Niavolia, was the first Jewish terrorist organization. Uh, this is uh, 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 Richard Pipes says this. He's a Jew. He taught my son at Harvard. Uh, mm. It's just what it was because the Jews simply, the Jewish uh, revolutionaries couldn't talk to the peasants. Peasants wouldn't listen to them. And so when they realized they couldn't educate, they decided to engage in terrorism. They were the people who brought dynamite. First people to bring dynamite into Russia are the Jews, the Jewish revolutionaries in Diavolia. First thing they do with it is blow up the railroad that the Tsar is going to be riding on. And then finally in 1881, they succeed in killing wow. the Tsar. And there's a huge reaction because everybody knows it was Jewish terrorists who did it. And they're annoyed. And there are pogroms, although that's disputed. And at this point, large numbers of Jews start leaving. And they walk wow. out and they go to Hamburg and they get on a ship. And guess where they come after that? They come to New York City. Yeah. And that's yeah. how we adopt. We inherited the Jewish revolutionary spirit. That's how I came here. And so people like Victoria Nuland, I mentioned her as the lady who basically uh, orchestrated, spent $5 billion to overthrow the Ukrainian government. She brought with her, all these Jews brought with them the, the ancestral animosity they have against Russia because of the czar, because of the pogroms and all of this type of stuff. And at this point, they link up with the Ukraine, the descendants of the Ukraine, the, the Bandera people who have their own grievances because right. uh, what happened in the 1930s is that uh, Stalin sent a man by the name of Lazar Kaganovich to the Ukraine to mechanize their agriculture. And as a result, uh, uh, let's say 11 million people died, 11 million Ukrainians starved to death. Okay, this is a red. They call it the Holdemor. That's their, their Nakba. That's their Holocaust, whatever you want to call it. Now, yeah. who, who is Lazar Kaganovich? What is he? Is he a Russian? Well, no, he's not a Russian. He's a Jew and a communist and a member of this terrorist organization called uh, Cheka. So what you do here is you you have to you 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 engage in a little bit of identity theft here. 
So what are the Ukrainians doing? Are they mad at Russia because of the Holodomor? Well, it wasn't the Russians who perpetrated the Holodomor. It was the Jewish Bolsheviks who did that to them. And now they're allying themselves with other, the descendants of those Jewish Bolsheviks and fighting against Russia. Bad combination. Do you think so? Victoria Newland's on tape, obviously. I mean, they, they openly talk about how we basically engineered Ukraine. Um, talking about it. I hope people go look that up. Do you think these people are, they don't understand history and how long it's being played out for? Or do you think they know exactly what they're doing? No, they, they, they have their ancestral ethnic animosity against Russia. They hate Russia for the reasons I just explained to you. Why are we here? Yeah. Uh, they, they say, they still say, this, you, you learn more at the dinner table than you learn in the university. You learn what Man. really is important, okay? And at the dinner table, they have these stories that just fuel this kind of Jewish animosity toward Russia. And finally, uh, over the course of uh, the 1990s, uh, these Jews, except now they're called neoconservatives, okay? Now, this is when I got started to do this. Uh, to, to, in my personal history, it's 2003. Wait a minute. Why are we going to war with Iraq? What's that got to do with anything? Oh, it's a group called neoconservatives. Well, why are conservatives interested in Iraq? Well, wait a minute. Who is the father of neoconservatism? Well, it's Irving Kristol. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. In the 1930s, this guy was a Trotskyite. Yeah. And now he's called a conservative. So these political labels are meaningless. What's meaningful is this ethnic identity, this Jewish uh, identity that is always revolutionary. It was revolutionary in the 1930s in one way. It's revolutionary in the 1990s in America in another way. Let's say you take Crimea off the table. Let's say you take Donbass off the table. Let's, let's fast forward to today. I mean, let's, let's just pretend like people don't understand history. They don't get it at all. From your position or point of view, is it, I mean, obviously there's uh, arguments that Russia have for what they're doing right now. You've laid many of them out. Uh, why Ukraine, the, the war that's been going on forever. Is anyone a good guy in this? Is Russia just holding their ground, carrying out an operation? Or, or do you think everybody's a loser in this situation? Okay. The, the aggressor in this war is NATO. There is no question whatsoever. Right. Okay, uh, the aggressor in this whole operation is the West, it's NATO, it's the United States. So that story began in 1991 when communism collapses. The, the sense of euphoria, I still remember it. I traveled around Eastern Europe. People would basically run up to me and kiss my hand because they knew I was an American. I was such a hero, you know what I mean? We had a great yeah. moment of opportunity and we didn't do, we didn't do shit. Okay, you and you and I, we didn't have anything to say about this. The man who took over was Jeffrey Sachs, the Jew mm. from uh, who was at Harvard at that moment. The Jew from uh, Wall Street basically became Boris Yeltsin's right hand man. And he orchestrated the looting of Russia. The looting yeah. was a looting operation. And seven, uh, eight oligarchs ended up with the entire Russian economy. Basically, seven of those eight were Jews who then sent their money to the Jew. I, mean, I know we can't talk about Jewish finance. I don't want to talk about Jewish finance. Uh, well, okay. Listen, ADL, ADL, tune out for a second. We're going we're gonna to talk like adults. Yeah, yeah but, but Wall Street, the Russian oligarchs, they're Jewish. They send the money to Wall Street, to Goldman Sachs. I heard that's a Jewish operation, but don't take my word. Okay, so what you have was the looting of 
Russia and Russia is going down. <laughs> the population is dropping. You know there's a serious crisis. I have, it's, it's terrible what has happened to the Russian economy. And Putin wakes up and he says, someone's got to stop this. And so Yeltsin is gone and Putin comes in and slowly he starts to build back, to take back the power. He has to, so, so the people say, oh, Putin deals with the Jews too. There's no difference. They're Jews on both sides. No, the, right, difference, is, the difference is, does the president work for the Jews or do the Jews work for the president? And you have two different, different operations. Putin basically told the Jewish oligarchs, it's my way or the highway. Some of them agreed. Some of them took the highway went to yep. London, places like that. Okay, now that sets the stage for what is happening now. So NATO keeps, after promising not to do this, they keep moving inexorably eastward. And during this period of time, Russia is finally coming to its senses. It's getting stronger, and they keep saying, please don't move any farther eastward. Well, okay, well, Poland just joined NATO. Uh, Estonia just join NATO. I told my Estonian friends, don't do it. I used to go there on a regular basis. But after yeah. that, I, the invitation stopped. Okay. So the, the, they suddenly say, all right, the point here is now the red line, the line in the sand is the Ukraine. Okay. Don't do it. Don't even think about making Ukraine part of NATO. Well, that's right. precisely what Victoria Nuland did. She orchestrated this coup d'etat to basically uh, set the stage for Ukraine joining NATO, which meant that NATO missiles were in four minutes uh, range of Russia, and that's uh, unacceptable. So at this point, yeah. after the coup, after the coup, the Azov Brigade gets in power, and what are they doing? They're shelling the Russian areas of the Ukraine, the Donbass. 14,000 people died during this period of time, and the Russians are saying, please help us. We're being, we're, being, we're being murdered here, yeah. and the press is not paying any attention. And finally, the straw breaks the camel's back, and Russia moves in in reaction. I'm saying they're moving in in reaction to NATO's aggression. That's the way I yeah. see it. And no, I mean, they, they had their hand forced into it. I mean, we promised that we wouldn't make more countries part of NATO, and we did. And then I remember for almost eight years, the news reporting that the Azov Battalion were Nazis, and now it turns out that we've been working with them and helping train them for a long time. Like, they openly published out they're the heroes of this story when I think it was, it must have been 2014, 2015, the Azov Battalion, there's real Nazis still living in Ukraine. It's very odd. And it's like they think that people don't have a memory or they're not going to look it up. And it kind of seems like they don't, though. Well, who's they? Who do you mean they? Do you mean the Americans? You mean, yeah, well, the, the, look, if you're talking about, I mean, I, I don't own it. I have never owned a television. I've been married for 50 years. I never had a television. Okay, but when I lift weights, there's a television on and I have to watch Good Morning America or something like this. And it's the propaganda ministry. So if most people wake up and turn that on, they're going to be brainwashed. What do you expect them? What do you expect to happen? That's why it's effective. That's why they do it. That's why people spend a lot of money. That's why Pfizer spends all its money advertising on morning, Good Morning America. Okay, right. because it is effective in changing people's minds and shaping the way they see things. But it's not real. And what we're seeing yeah. here is their, the reality is crumbling. Their reality, their media reality is crumbling. So now, grudgingly, today, even on, on all the mainstream platforms, they have to say, well, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, 1,400 Azov Brigade Nazis just surrendered. 
Oh, well, I thought they were winning. Wait a minute, stop! I I thought that Russia I thought that Russia was losing. I thought they were total. No, it turns out that reality finally broke in. Now they tried hmm. to. Who was there? They ha they're in the Azov. They're fighting in tunnels. They're going to flood the tunnels. The Azov Nazis have a choice of either surrendering or dying like rats, drowning like rats in these tunnels because they're going to flood the tunnels. But it turns out that they, they, there was uh, these daring helicopter uh, type of rescues. I don't know whether you heard about them. They flew about 30 feet above the Azov Sea, flew into Mariupol, flew into the Azov Steel, they get in there, they get all these guys running onto the helicopter, helicopter takes off, and the Russians shoot it down. Well, it turns out there was an American general in that helicopter. So it turns out that the NATO is heavily involved in this operation. It is basically a covert war. NATO is waging covert war. And that was part of the big problem here with this cauldron. You got people trapped who are, well, are they mercenaries? I think that once once the word comes out, they'll probably try to say they're mercenaries. Maybe not. Maybe they're actually NATO uh, generals who are waging this war, command you know command positions in this war. That's what we're finding out. But it's not going yeah. their way, no matter what we find out, no matter what they say. Well, then, I mean, the news just told me they were winning. They're holding them off for 32 days. How, how long do you think it's going to go on for? <sighs> The, the Mariupol uh, is gone, okay? Now, how many people have, how many troops have they lost? We don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, they don't tell they, us. They, they, this is, this, no, we're not, they're not going to tell us. Zelensky uh, probably is surrounded by Nazis. I don't know where he is, but he's probably surrounded by Nazis. He's in a position where he's got to do, he's, he's between a rock and a hard place. NATO on the one side, Nazis on the other. They're telling him, we are going to wage this war until the last Ukrainian dies. They're very courageous in shedding the blood of innocent Ukrainians. So yeah. uh, he's, uh, whether he can maneuver here, uh, at this point, you need to surrender. It's the whole point yeah. of civilized warfare. The whole point of regular warfare is when you recognize that your troops are out of ammunition and they're out of food and they've been that way for a week, you have to surrender. There should right. be an, a, a general surrender uh, the country and what they should do is simply partition the country at the Dnieper. Yeah. Uh, the, right down the middle, Russia will incorporate that eastern part into Russia and then they will have a, a rump kind of neutral zone, which is all the Ukrainian, all the Russians wanted in the first place was a neutral Ukraine. Right. That, well, that could this whole thing could have been avoided if you hadn't sent Anthony Blinken there to negotiate. Wait a minute. Wait, this, this pattern uh, is recurring. Uh, Anthony Blinken, uh, th there are more Jews, there are enough Jews in Biden's cabinet to have a, a, a minion if they wanted to have a synagogue service. Okay. And Anthony Blinken is going to go into any negotiations, and the first words out of his mouth are going to be something to the effect, I had relatives who died in the Holocaust. Once again, the Holocaust narrative that we are not allowed to talk about. Okay, no. the Goyim are not allowed to talk about it. It, it. It's out there, but you're not, it runs the entire operation, but you're not allowed to talk about it. It's running, it wrecked the negotiations with Ukraine and cause this unnecessary war. One of the biggest, I would say, diplomatic failures in the history of the United States of America is sending Antony Blinken in to negotiate with the Russians.
yeah, and, and that's on a political level. And by the way, if you haven't joined us, Dr. E. Michael Jones, culturewars.com, Fidelity Press, please go to his site. If you're worried about the war crimes or even how uh, India's uh, media is being manipulated, you want to subscribe to culturewars.com and the magazine. Get it personally so they can't ban it um, or they can't burn that book. Um, which is there. Both both the things you've been talking about tonight are on culturewars.com. You can get a sample and you can get the magazine as well. Uh, anyway, so I want to I want to show you this because I want to move on to there's the Zionism and Christianity, uh, which has kind of got me a little bit hot. And I want to show you a clip. Um, if we have cut number two, if, if you have cut number two ready to go, I just want to show you how the Christians are reacting to this and how they're grifting off of this. And I just wanted to get your reaction if we have that video of cut number two, would that be fine? Any, any one of the first three. During World War II, most of the world turned a blind eye to the Holocaust and Hitler's atrocities. Christians were to act and did not speak up until it was too late and six million we'll Jews were murdered. Right now, thousands of Jewish families are fleeing the Russian army for the freedom of Israel. Imagine fleeing with a baby in one hand and a toddler holding the other with all of your earthly possessions in a sack over your shoulder, leaving your husband behind to defend your country. These courageous families need our help. The time for action is now. We do Wait, not though. Know Wait till you hear how much money he asked for. Silence in the face of evil is evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Take action today. Donate at jhm.org. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Call so, there's three of those videos, Dr. Jones, all by Hagee Ministries. They're running on Fox 24-7. He wants $2,600 to fly every Ukrainian to resettle them back in Israel. Uh, that's his plan, but only the Jews. So if you're a Christian, if you're a Muslim, if you're an atheist, if you're just whatever, let's say you're a Buddhist, he doesn't care. It's it's only to fly specific Jews from Ukraine back to Israel. I mean, you can watch all the commercials. I, I dare you to find a Pastor Hagee uh, commercial that's running right now that doesn't say, I'm here to get $2,600 per family to fly a Jew back to Israel. And it has nothing to do with Christians whatsoever or just people in general. Like, wh what's going on? Or Ukrainians. Let's let's be right. honest here. He's using those Ukrainians as his own human shield, except yes. that it's to shake you down for money. You know, give me your wallet. That's that's what uh, the the Nazis. This is not an exaggeration. The Nazis that this man yeah. is defending. Okay, remember the Holocaust. Well, it's completely reversed now. Okay, now Hagee's <laughs> defending the Nazis. Okay, yeah. those Nazis are literally using the Ukrainian people as human shields. This is not yeah. a metaphor. They are no. literally using it. They are holding. So those people you saw are probably trying to get away from the Azov Brigade, not from the yeah. Russians, because the Azov Brigade will not let you, you, the Ukrainian people, out of Mariupol. You're not no. getting out. You're going to die here with us. Yeah. You're going to die here with us. This is literally, literally human shield. Yeah, it will. And this, this, thing, and this, this, and this, and this despicable guy, this despicable huckster, who uses the name of Jesus Christ to shake people down, uh, is is enabling these people to kill Ukrainians. Shame yeah. on him. And it's like you think people are dumb because the first thing they said in Ukraine, or at least uh, Zelensky said, was. 
no men can leave. It's only women and kids that we're going to maybe let leave. And all men must stay here and fight. And he's talking about it like they're all trying to flee and get out. They can't get out because Ukrainian government says they can't leave. They have to fight. No. That's their patriotic duty. Am I right about that? And they're not letting women and children out either. That Mariupol uh, 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 maternity hospital is a classic example of what we're talking right. about here. All of those pregnant women were being shelled by the Ukrainians. Yeah. That woman, that, wo that woman with blood coming down her face, that was a Ukrainian shell that shattered the glass and cut her. She said it. Don't take my word. She said it. And these yeah. are these, dis I, I, look, I, I, words fail me. Okay, yeah. I, I want to be I want to be ecumenical here. I mean, Hagee is a uh, is notorious a notorious Judaizer, but it's not just these these uh, Christian Zionists. It's yeah. not just Christian Zionists. You got the Catholic neocons like George Weigel. Okay, George Weigel in the uh, in his office at the Ethics and Public Policy Center in safe within the beltway in Washington, D.C., is urging, you know, thumping his chest, you know, telling, send military aid. Well, wait a minute, George. Zelenki uh, has been asking for volunteers. Are you going to fight? Are you going to go, George? Are you ready to volunteer to die for the gay disco? Well, no. Well, no. How about you, Bill Crystal? You're saying the same thing. How about you, Max Boot? When are the Jewish chicken hawks going to put their money where their mouth is? No, they're yeah. willing to uh, to basically fight until the last Ukrainian dies. Right. In their suicide, this is suicidal. They are not going to win. They are not going to win this war. They're, they're baking blue and yellow cookies, though. I mean, I mean, they have blue and yellow cookies, so I mean that 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 helps, right? I mean, if they dye their hair blue and yellow, yeah. If they put in chats and things like that, I mean, it, I mean that's that's basically the American version of what's going on. People are dying in Ukraine, and they're making a mockery of it here by going, "Oh, we need to keep fighting in Ukraine." Quick, let's show solidarity by dancing on TikTok in blue and yellow. Like that, that's what's happening right now. When you say the gay disco, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. And so your 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 uh, bravado here, your virtue signaling here in the safe confines or wherever you're living, Washington D.C. is going yeah. to lead to Ukrainians dying. It's yeah. that simple. It is, and, and they're going to continue to push the propaganda. I mean, while I'm going to just see if I have. Uh, I mean, these are the people. These are the people that are. Uh, in control of the life and the great reset and this kind of bleeds me into the losers i think of this entire thing are the american people i mean and the west in general if i'm wrong about that i mean isn't this getting us to having less food to using less energy i mean we seem like we're the ones losing am i wrong about that look look who are the biggest losers right now the german people are the biggest losers in this whole operation uh, that and we're back again to the Holocaust narrative, because okay. why are the why are the Germans the biggest losers? Because they are cutting their own throat. They're committing suicide. They have no energy reserves of their own. They are a high-powered industrial economy that needs gas and oil from Russia. Period. That's why they had the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. They knew that they needed this. It was a win-win situation for Russia and Germany. And one of the main reasons for this war is to break that up. And the stupid yep. Germans, the stupid German government is going along with it. Olaf Scholz has got to be one of the dumbest 
German politicians in the history of that country. Immediately jumps in, yeah, yeah, we're going to spend a hundred billion euros on defense now, on military. Well, wait a minute. You think the polls are happy to hear that? No, the polls are not happy to hear about that. Okay, so who do you think your do you think uh, Mercedes is happy to hear about that? That you just turned no. down the uh, pipeline? No, it makes no sense whatsoever. How do you explain it? How can you explain this suicidal gesture on the part of the Germans? The answer is the Holocaust narrative. Once again, that's the only answer to this question, and we're not allowed to well, talk about it. Well, yeah, I mean, the ADL says, I mean, they say that you say that, and they say that uh, there's no, it's not a real thing. They don't teach it into their young and just beat it into people from the time they're kids and give them a victimhood complex. That's not a real thing, says the ADL, about you personally. So is there anything you would like to say to the ADL before we uh, get out of here? Yeah, yeah, read my lips, read my book, read the magazine. Instead of just telling people what, putting words in my mouth, why don't you let them read what I actually had to say? No, you can't do that because it will wreck your narrative. So one story after another, we're doing a systematic historical explication of the Holocaust narrative. You know, I mean, I, I, I mouth off about everything under the sun, but actually I have a PhD in literature. So I'm actually qualified to do this because what we're talking yeah. about are a series of works of literature. And it's, mm -hmm. even, it's even more interesting than that. Okay, uh, The Diary of Anne Frank, uh, Ailey Wiesel's Night, Painted Bird by Yeshi Kaczynski, uh, Fragments by uh, Benjamin Wilkomorski, it's not his real name. All of these things are basically works of literature that are all based on childhood memory. Right. This is what the Holocaust is. This is what it is. So what are you saying? I can't do a book on the Holocaust narrative? Why not? What's wrong with that? You, right. you are the people who impose this on. Now, I've already explained to you, you can't understand what's happening in Canada. I've already explained that to you, unless you bring in the Holocaust narrative. You can't understand statements like Hong Kong equals Heil Hitler, unless you bring in the Holocaust narrative. You can't understand what's happening in Germany, unless you bring this narrative in, and you're not allowed to talk about it. Well, that's not going to fly. Those days are over, okay? The word is getting out. Okay, we have to get it out because these people, I'm talking about the ADL, they yeah. use Jews, the ADL uses Jews as their human shields. Thank you. Okay, yeah. to advance yeah. the agenda. The big Jew uh, that funds the ADL uses the little Jew to advance his agenda, and we're all sleepwalking toward World War III right now, unless someone wakes up. I, I, I fully agree with that. And, and it is people that are in power that put words in everybody's mouth and then make people assume that, oh, everybody's like the ADL when they're not. Not everybody's a piece of shit. Um, anyway, uh, Dr. Jones, it's beautiful to have you on. Is there anything you want to promote right now? I know the Jewish revolutionary spirit is out. Logos rising. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, Logos is rising. We, we now understand how long does it take to figure out a false flag operation? We're doing it really at warp speed right now. We're, we're, we're at a point where we're actually contesting all of the rich and powerful who have confected this narrative. It's going to collapse, and we should be there to understand what's going on. That's why I write these books. You need to know the yeah. big picture. 
And that's that. So go to culturewars.com, read the latest issues, uh, to the, the Holocaust narrative issues that have just come out, uh, subscribe to the magazine and buy the books, buy the Jewish revolutionary spirit. Yeah, and, and by the way, when you get uh, Logos Rising, uh, if you go to our Substack, subscribe here, we'll do that. But I dare you to find like 40 pages of the book that aren't all just footnotes. So it's not just his opinion for hundreds of pages. You can literally look at the back of the book and basically it's about this thick of uh, nothing but citations that you can go check out yourself if you don't believe anything that he's saying. So uh, I hope the ADL reads those books as well. So maybe if we get a donation, we'll send one to the ADL. How about that? Yeah, good. With my regards, I'll sign a copy. Yeah, well, so, yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Well, E. Michael Jones, Dr. E. Michael Jones, get his name right, ADL. It's Dr. E. Michael Jones. And uh, thank everybody for coming out. I hope you subscribe. I hope you go to culturewars.com. Obviously, we'll, this will be on libertysentinel.org. You can download it this week. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Always. <laughs>